we try and focus on the three key areas. So linked to our North Star of partnering for better outcomes with our customers, tend to focus on three key pillars around better employee experiences, better customer experiences, and obviously looking for better growth in profitable areas. You know, growth is good, but if it's not profitable and it's not driving alignment internally on key things that matter, then sometimes it can be a distraction. You're listening to Elevate, the official podcast of Elite Agent for real estate industry sales professionals, property managers, and leaders. With thanks to our partner, Connect Now, Elevate brings you the best tools, thinking, and strategies to elevate your results. For more information about how Connect Now can make moving easier for your clients, visit connectnow.com.au. And to get new episodes of Elevate directly to your inbox, sign up at eliteagent.com slash subscribe. Here is your host, Samantha McLean. Hey, hey everyone, it's Sam here. Today, we're going to get a helicopter view of the real estate industry from REA Group's Chief Customer Officer, Cool Singh. Cool is right at the forefront of innovation for realestate.com.au, focused on spearheading digital transformation and helping co-create innovative solutions to tap into all the new opportunities in the industry. So we're going to have a chat about what is on Cool's radar for 2024, including an inside peek at what's happening with the areas, Ready24, and more. So welcome to the show, Cool Singh. Thanks for having me, Sam. Well, it's been about a minute since we've caught up, hasn't it? It has been a hot minute, but I I do enjoy having a chat to you. It's always good banter. Yeah, absolutely. So it's February already. I don't know where January went, but 2023 was a bit of an interesting year for the real estate industry. What were some of the highlights for you? Well, it is February. Valentine's came and went, and I think if I was reflecting, I could have done a better job yesterday, to be honest. But yeah, 2023, look, almost a distant memory. You know, we're already into 24, but I'd say the market finished strongly towards the end of 23, especially in markets like Sydney and Melbourne, which did a tough, you know, in the prior period. And the listeners would know that, that it's ended uh, 23 very strong, you know, year on year, new homes for sale were up, clearance rates were good, demand was good. And that's carried through into the early months of 24, and we hope will continue. Markets like Brizzy and others struggled a bit last year, but again, they did you know, well, the prior period. But it's heartening to see markets like Brisbane now start to pick up as well. And with the pause on interest rates for a number of months now, it's starting to build some positive momentum. We're seeing lead indicators on site looking good. You know, macro factors are good in terms of employment rates, migration. So all the ingredients are there for a healthy 24. But 23, depending on who you ask, was either a good year or a not so good year. And especially for our new homes customers, we engage with a lot of developers and builders, tough year for them and, and still tough in a lot of areas. So it depends who you ask. Yeah, absolutely. You just mentioned there that 2024 seems to have started overwhelmed. I'm feeling everyone's quite a bit more upbeat this year and you guys just released some pretty impressive results. So what's your perspective on 2024? Yeah, we're optimistic. I mean, there's no such thing as a normalised market, but the balance feels good on buyer demand and seller's being motivated to list and sell. Speaking to a, a number of customers in key markets, they feel that way too. If I think about Feb at the moment, you know, new homes for sale are up 12% versus this time last year. Markets like Sydney, Melbourne, you know, 20 to 30% up. And as I mentioned, yeah. Brizzy's up too. And then if I think about our results, but there's probably a couple of things there. We've had some challenging periods like our customers at the moment. We've announced our results and our mission and purpose is to change the way the world experiences property. And if I think about globally 
our big focus, our big bet is REA India and a big investment of time. And I spent a bit of time there. I was there again a uh, week before last. That portal's gone from number three to number one in audience and growing at 21% year on year. So that's heartening for us. And the focus there is to continue to drive customer value now. How do we connect those engaged consumers with our customers there? And locally, you know, when our customers do well, we tend to do well. So that partnership's real. And so, you know, with that, that growth in new properties for sale, that's definitely helping us. And our focus on driving more flexibility, giving our customers more options and driving efficiency in the way they do business is definitely helping. So that's probably some of the things that are helping drive our performance at the moment. Yeah, amazing. And just, I mean, on India at the moment, that sounds fascinating. Do people actually search for property the same way that we do in India? Surprisingly, yes. And I don't want to use the word of, you know, the thing that took over the world a few years ago, but that accelerated digital adoption of real estate in the market like India. So we're fortunate we were there ahead of that. And that tailwind of digital adoption in India really took off. And a smartphone penetration is the highest in the world in that country. And so they're on their phones a lot. And that's helping us in terms of engaging consumers and leveraging the REA experience. You know, 70% of Australian app users on our site in Australia are logged in. So we're working in the same type of experiences there in India. So yeah, I'd say similar. It's a lot more of a new homes market in India. There's a lot of growth in new buildings and apartments and new homes. Whereas in Australia, as you know, it's more of an established market and even more so recently with some of the challenges in the building sector. Yeah, absolutely. And so there's always a fair bit going on at REA. What is your overall vision for 24 and what are some of the trends that you're seeing? Very good question. I guess if I think about the customer group, which I'm a part of, there's around 400 odd people in the team. Our vision is to partner with our customers to deliver better outcomes. You'll see this t-shirt here better. It's It's a key theme for us over the last eight months or so. There's a bit going on at REA, as you said. Sometimes it feels like organized chaos. I mentioned that to my team yesterday in a Slack message, but we try and focus on you know the three key areas. So linked to our North Star of partnering for better outcomes with our customers, tend to focus on three key pillars around better employee experiences, better customer experiences, and obviously looking for better growth in profitable areas. You know, Growth is good, but if it's not profitable, and it's not driving alignment internally on key things that matter, then sometimes it can be a distraction. So those are the focus areas for us. And our vision ultimately is continue to improve the service we deliver our customers. And whilst our purpose is to change the way the world experiences property, of the three pillars at a company level, superior customer values are a key part of that. So finding ways to continue to improve there is a key focus. Yeah. So what are some of the things that are actually on the radar to improve customer value or how is customer feedback this year shaping some of the products that you're creating? We're very fortunate. You know, if you ask your customers, you'll get. And sometimes when you don't even ask, you'll get. So I tend to get a lot of phone calls with feedback, which I love. Feedback's a gift, as they say. We've got, you know, channels like Property Panel, over a thousand pieces of feedback come through platforms like that. We do customer sentiment surveys and engagement surveys, forums, which you've been a part of with us. So we get a fair bit of feedback and then the goal is to create a signal from the noise that the areas that our customers want us to focus on outside of continuing to offer flexibility, offer more options and drive efficiencies like inspections and the way they do their business are more experiential things we're focusing on, onboarding. You know, there's a lot of businesses that are changing brands or changing ownership. How do we help with their onboarding experience? Training, we roll out a lot of new products and sometimes a lot of features 
helping our customers drive more utilization of those features. So we've created onboarding teams, we've created customer success teams, we've got more people than ever on improving the experience. Whilst I'll say, you know, as we measure our performance, things are trending up, there's always ways to be better. So those are the areas we're looking at at the moment. Yeah. And what about from the consumer angle? I was at REA last year and had a good chat with one of the researchers there. And there were some things that he pointed out that every listing should have, which I was kind of surprised about, one of them being a garage, because apparently agents don't put garage photos in the listing reels. And I'm like, well, that won't be a problem. I've got a great garage. I'll be, I'll be giving 10 photos. But what are some of the things that, you know, some of the feedback pieces you're seeing from consumers at the moment? Well, congratulations on selling. Hopefully the garage photos definitely <laughs> helped. But look, we've got access to, again, a range of researchers internally that can provide more insight. But you talked about features like garages, solar panels and energy and bigger homes and multiple living areas, studies, etc. There's all of that. I think if I step it up a level, there's a couple of things that in particular consumers want. And we've talked about, and I think you've reported on it, is price on listings. It's the number one thing consumers want. We're all time poor and they want to know what's within their striking zone and where they should invest their time. Because weekends, as you know, work-life integration or whatever term we want to use, time is valuable and they want to spend their time inquiring on and visiting properties that are in their strike zone. So the biggest thing uh, consumers are asking for is price on listings. The other thing that is gaining a lot of traction is data privacy, data consent, and security. You know, over 40% of Aussies have had a data breach in some way, shape, or form, and they've been informed about it, and it might be from companies that they haven't engaged with for a long time. And over 90% of them want organizations like us, like the you know real estate profession, to do more to protect their data from breaches. So I'd say there's experiential stuff, like what's on the listing, you know, garages or other features, prices, but then there's also how we collect and protect their data. And, you know, it can go wrong pretty quickly, which will leave a lasting negative impression for some brands, which we've all heard of. Yeah. So again, with my own experiences, like, you know, I'm a native Sydney sider because I'm still wearing black, but living in Queensland. And I did notice that in Queensland, it's a little bit like the Wild West, actually, with no price guides on auctions. But that would require like quite a big change in the legislation up here. Is there any sort of plan to look at that? Yeah, it's a good question. And, you know, it's something we work closely with the institutes on in each state and the REIA. If I step back as a consumer, especially living in Victoria, again, wearing black, you know, if I'm wanting to buy a property in Victoria versus buying a property in Queensland, it should be a similar experience. I don't know why it's different. And so you've got markets like Victoria where there's statement of information that every listing needs, and then markets like Queensland where you're not allowed to put prices on properties, especially in options. And so there is an opportunity for us to work with the industry to create a more uniform way of doing things. There's no right or wrong, but whatever that looks like, the experience should be consistent because our country, whilst it's you know large, it's not that big. And more and more Victorians are moving interstate and buying interstate. You've moved from Sydney to Queensland. And so that experience should be consistent. And some of the challenges we face is aligning to the different legislation. You know, South Australia has a very different rule around renters and what data you can collect versus others. So it's an opportunity for us to work better with the industry and work with the institutes to drive some consistency. But it is difficult. So we've done trials, especially for price on listings in marks like ACT. And we've done trials in Victoria. And the trials have proven very, very 
successful in terms of driving more engagement. You know, more consumers are going to inspections as a result. It's more efficient for our customers, but there's room to do more. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, as a consumer, I could sit there and sort of put in different figures in the from two fields and <laughs> kind of figure out what the price was likely to be. And then, yeah, it just all seems a bit weird to me. So I'm glad someone is doing something to make it all a bit more uniform. Yeah, we're trying. And look, it's not been popular. I'll say that. There's some agencies that put price on every listing and they think of that as their competitive advantage. You know, there's many brands that come to mind that do that and others who don't for a range of reasons, including trying to get market feedback on how to price the property because the market changes a lot. But if we come down to the fundamentals on what consumers are looking for, they want price on listings and 70% of them say they skip past listings without them. That's not good for us. That's not good for our customers. And 69% of buyers and sellers say it impacts their trust of agents and agencies that don't put price on listings. And you and I know trust is something that's a sore point for us as an industry and it's frustrating where we rank and something we can do more to improve. So yeah, we're trying to find a healthy balance. You know, we've got stakeholders on consumers and our customers and and how do we find a healthy medium to improve it for everyone? Yeah, so it's like those carpet call ads, tell them the price, son. (laughs) Maybe we'll take some learnings from them. How did I do? (laughs) Anyway. Very good. (laughs) Moving on. (laughs) What is the most exciting thing you're working on right now? Are you ready for it? Well, that's a good segue, isn't it? There you go. It's ready. Look, there's a lot, as I mentioned, and and you mentioned, there's always... Who came up with that? It's genius. Ready? Oh, we've got a lot of fantastic marketers and creative (laughs) brains here, but ready is a fantastic, big, bold bet for us and initiative, and we're excited about it. It's been years since we've done you know, events like that in person because of, again, the thing we won't speak of, but we used to have Momentum and Prop 20 and a range of other events that we run. And this is something that's come back uh, big. It's going to be epic. 24 speakers in person one day, big block party, and we're excited about Ready. Yeah, amazing. And so what I've noticed that's different about Ready is that this is the first time REA is charged for an event. What was the thinking behind that and what do you hope to achieve? Yeah, good pickup. So if I think about the intention of Ready, there's three key things. It's an opportunity to learn. It's an opportunity to have fun. And it's an opportunity to give back. And, you know, our industry does a lot in terms of giving back. And so we found an opportunity in not only creating a forum where we can get access to global and local speakers, an opportunity to have fun and connect with people from across the country and obviously the block party, work hard, play hard. But all ticket proceeds go towards, you know, charities, aiming to end homelessness. And so, you know, it's an opportunity to attend and know those ticket sales go towards a good cause. I've been extremely heartened by, especially you're in Queensland, some Queensland customers who have said they can't make it because of a clash, but can they buy tickets so that those money goes towards the homelessness cause? So that says to me that our customers are responding well and and we need to continue finding ways to work together as an industry to make our impact louder. Yeah, it does make sense that the real estate industry works to give people homes. Like, you know, it sort of seems to be a very... So it's a natural area where I think everyone would agree everyone deserves a roof over their head and a safe place to sleep and grow and stay. So it makes a lot of sense. And that's why we thought, you know, our customers would jump on it. It's a small fee too. If you compare the cost of the ticket versus other things that we, you know, participate in, it's a small fee, but we know it'll go some way in helping some people doing it tough. Yeah, so how did you select the charities? Are any of them sort of personal to you? So we've had a long-standing relationship with the likes of Launch Housing, 
you know, the good people that are in Sky, Rapid Housing, et cetera. So we're going to continue partnering with the ones we partner with because we've got a long-standing relationship over a decade with some of them. But as you know, we also support community grants where our customers can apply for grants and they get to then distribute that money to charities and organizations that are closest to them. So it's a combination, long-standing ones, but equally ones that our customers support through community grants, et cetera. Yeah. And so what do you hope that customers will walk away from from the event? Like what are some of the key takeaways, messages, things like that? Well, as the saying goes, the more you learn, the more you earn. So as I mentioned, you know, it's an opportunity to learn and to have fun and get access to speakers that we wouldn't normally get access to. So the likes of Andre Agassi, who I've been a fan since I was a kid, you know, you're a Sampras or Agassi or I was an Agassi fan. But if you read his book and his message, it was winning on the court and losing off the court. And I think that'll connect with a lot of people who bring their best selves to work and then other parts of their life are impacted, whether it be health or family or connection. So, you know, the opportunity here is to learn. And for me, to inspire to take action, too many times we go to conferences and things feel and sound right, we write them down, but we don't take action. And so I'm hoping more than anything, the content we're exposed to and a range of speakers we've got access to will not only inspire to think differently, but to take action. Yeah. So other than Agassi, who's obviously a massive draw card, will we be able to get our tennis balls autographed? There is going to be an opportunity to do some meet and greets with Andre. There's a range of other speakers too. You know, Rachel Robertson, who has a fantastic epic story about an expedition in Antarctica and creating a high-performing team. You know, Tony Gustafson, Matilda's coach will be on stage with a Matilda. And we've got a choose your own adventure type experience where there's a stream on innovation. And we've got someone like Don Price from Atlassian to talk about, you know, he's a futurist, what that looks like. You've got social impact, the likes of Adam Goods, who's going to be interviewed by Nick Carra from Jales Craig, who will talk more about diversity and inclusion and creating a better tomorrow. And obviously leadership and a range of speakers within the leadership panel. I've got a personal favorite in Gilbert Anoka, being a Kiwi all Blacks mindset coach and how you can think about the power of the mind to deliver good outcomes. So there's a range of speakers and a panel with our very own industry experts, Leanne Pilkington, Dan White, Sharmila from Stockland, a range of voices, as I mentioned, local and global to help inspire to drive action. Amazing. So where can people get tickets and have we got many tickets left or are we sold out, nearly sold out? We're getting close. We're getting close. We're, what, about a month away and we're getting close to sell out. There's only so many we can fit in the room. Go to readyrea.com.au and jump on there and have a look at the different streams there are and different speakers. But I, I highly urge people to jump on and have a look. And if you can't make it, you know, there, as I mentioned, there's some customers who are buying tickets because it goes towards ending homelessness. So jump on. We'd love to see as many come as possible, but equally we're capped at how many we can facilitate on a day. All right, so on to an event of a different kind. So the areas are back in 2024? They sure are. Eight years, eight years running areas. It's one of my favorite initiatives because it helps us provide a spotlight on the best performers in the industry. And we continue to evolve that program to ensure we continue to highlight the best performers in the industry. And it's, as you know, a range of markets, residential, commercial, new homes, media. But it'll be back. It's back in November. If the listeners have any questions, reach out to your account partners or reach out to me and we'll share more on, on how that will look. But look out on our website, look at our marketing center and learn more about the areas. It's an initiative that will continue to be here for a long period of time because we feel a responsibility of highlighting who the best performers are to consumers who come to our site. And I think that's an opportunity 
uh, we have to continue to strengthen. Yeah, absolutely. And you guys do a lot for the people that actually win areas, don't you? Like what are some of the things that you get if you end up up the top there with not just the nominated awards but the actual data awards as well? Yeah, we create plenty of assets for them to market through their own channels. We do marketing for them. As I mentioned, the big opportunity for us is to connect our audience with the winners and the top performers. Now, whether that be out of home, you know, imagine your bus shelters or buses or billboards to on-site EDMs. There's a range of ways we try and activate and highlight who the winners are. And then they've got access to other educational training and, and assets as well. Yeah. Okay. We're probably not open for nominations yet, but where do people go to find out more information about the areas? Speak to your account partner, jump on the Agent Marketing Centre or jump on the areas website and you'll learn more on theareas.com.au. Amazing. All right, so I have to nerd out with you for a moment. I've seen some mock-ups of the REA experience on the Apple Vision Pro. I was like, whoa, that looks amazing. Is that something we're likely to see this year? Who doesn't love a bit of spatial computing? Oh my God. We've played around with spatial computing for a long time, as of many others, you know, Google in 2016, Zuckerberg's come out swinging recently and saying the Quest is better, cheaper, more technology than the Apple Pro. I think at the end of the day, competition's good and there's plenty of opportunity. You know, Drew Pierce wrote a great article recently on how we're engaging with it. So jump online and have a look at that article. I think you've published some content on it too. For us, it's exciting. It's exciting to see how it might improve the experience of consumers and customers, you know, whether it's the elderly or property seekers and what that experience looks like who aren't able to make it to certain destinations, new homes clients, you know, what does the display suite look like? We know cost of construction and buildings is high, so technology like this will make it scalable and easier for them to engage consumers. So there's a range of applications and it's exciting. Now, will it be mainstream? Who knows? But at this stage, we're engaged with Apple and our app is you know, created within that. When they launch in Australia, whenever that might be, we'll definitely be playing a role. But it's definitely exciting. Yeah, I keep thinking, you know, with an Apple Vision Pro, I could replace all of the screens in front of me right now. And you and I in a year's time could just be wearing sort of goggles talking to each other. That would be weird (laughs) that would be weird but equally it's one of the things i was lucky enough to go to the consumer electronics show in jan and outside of ai being the key buzzword everywhere you know wearables was something that that was everywhere and bringing virtual and real together i don't know if you've seen the ray-ban sunglasses that you put on and you can't really tell that you're being recorded or you can take photos or you can listen to music and there's a range of different features that are coming so i think wearables will continue to improve And, you know, you'll get your, as I mentioned, your pro type device, which will be not necessarily mass market. It'll be for experiences like new home suites, but then you'll have ones that are sitting in people's homes that that'll bring real and and virtual together. What a time to be alive, I think. Never been a better time. Never been a better time. Okay. So let's fast forward to the end of this year. It's December. The fat man's about to come down the chimney, the guy in the red suit. (laughs) pretend that we're chatting again what do you hope to have achieved by that time look i've been thinking about this when i started the year and i like acronyms my acronym for me personally this year is wwf and the first w stands for my wife you know i think i spoke about it earlier that work is the best version of us and then everything else takes the back seat and i want to invest more time on experiences with my wife 
and my family. It's our 10-year wedding anniversary this year, so it's important and exciting. From a work perspective, the second W was work. You know, deliver some big things. Ready is a big thing. Continue to improve our experience with our customers is extremely important. But within that, you know, employees and our team is a big focus for us. And, and I mentioned better employee experiences as the first pillar. We need to get that right to ensure our customers get a great experience. So, you know, deliver big things at work and continue to find ways to get better. And the F in WWF for me is fitness. I think that can take a bit of a hit sometimes and being disciplined enough to ensure I find time in the day to get that hour in with the dog on my own, whatever that looks like is really important. But WWF is something I'm working on staying disciplined on 24 hours in a day, plenty of time in the day, no excuses. And I just got to make sure I'm disciplined to deliver against those three key areas around family and personal life, work and fitness. Yeah, you should commit to that bike ride. That's sort of (laughs) got me moving. I still can't believe that I agreed to do it. Well, you never know. I've just taught my son Ari how to ride a bike. He's six. He's just turned six. And in the last two weeks, he's managed to jump on and learn how to ride. So we're riding together at the moment, which is an incredible experience as a father. And so who knows? I may well see you on that bike ride. But equally, there's no reason why I can't continue to do more locally. Yeah, I've learned to never say never. There you go. (laughs) Yeah, it's a great way to live. Never say never. Yeah. Anyway, so cool. Thank you so much for joining us today. It's been great to catch up with you again and get a bit of a, an inside running on what's happening with REA this year. If there was one thing that you'd like to leave the audience with as a result of today or one action, which is always my final question, what would it be? I mean, the thing that I've asked my team and myself this year is how do we continue to improve and get better? And so as an industry, as an individual, what can we do to get better you know, in our personal lives, at work, and also as representatives of our communities? How do we continue to improve? Sometimes it feels like two steps forward, one step back. But if you're progressing and finding ways to improve and get better, then I think we're doing everything we can. So that would be my advice or my ask. Continue to find ways to improve personally, professionally, and as members of the community. And look for inspiration in areas that work for you, whether it's books, you know, Atomic Habits, I'm rereading again, the one percenters and staying disciplined and never missing twice. You know, you may miss one day, but don't miss again. So whatever that inspiration looks like, I think the key is to take action. There's no shortage of inspiration. Where the opportunity lies for all of us is to take action consistently. Yeah, the universe definitely rewards action takers for sure. Absolutely. But I hope it's a great year and successful year for everyone. And let us know what else we can do to improve. We're always listening. Yeah, amazing. Cool scene. Thank you so much. Thank you so much, Sam. We hope you enjoyed this episode of the Elevate podcast with thanks to Connect Now. To stay in touch with all things Elite Agent, sign up for our daily newsletter, The Brief, at eliteagent.com slash subscribe.